Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome back to Locked On Bucks, the second podcast of the day. As is often the case, we always talk about timing being everything with podcasting. And I literally just hit publish on the first edition of Locked On Bucks for the day. And then the notification came through that Robert Covington was heading to Portland. And I thought that was some interesting news. And then seconds later, Drew Holiday has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. So Frank Madden. I have dragged him away from work. There is nothing more important than this emergency podcast right now. Uh, This came from nowhere, even though Holiday is a player we have discussed. I did not expect this to come through this evening. No, it it seemed like Holiday was, um, you know, with with, there was talk of, of, was Brooklyn interested in Drew Holiday? And then now all this James Harden to Brooklyn discussion. um, I, I thought, you know, it probably would be another couple days, maybe before, um, you know, maybe draft night at the earliest that we might see a move involving Drew Holiday. And honestly, I, I thought the Bucks were not going to have the ammo to to be in on Holiday. So this was a, a big surprise to me. I think you know, folks who've been listening to us um, this off season probably would recall I, I termed Holiday the kind of best player that I thought the Bucks, you know, at least were vaguely in the running for. Um, you know, I wasn't really including Chris Paul in that just because I, I think we've known for a while that, that Paul was not going to be a target for reasons, perhaps money related, but also Giannis related. Um, so yeah, I mean, Holiday was the guy I think that I thought, man, if you can get Drew Holiday, that is sort of the piece that I think fits best just because again, you know, um, he's not like an outstanding shooter, but he's a guy that certainly you'd expect will give you much more than Eric Bledsoe gave you in the playoffs offensively. Um, he can play both a backboard positions has been very successful off ball more in the last couple of years has also obviously been accomplished, uh, you know, primary ball handler as well can play and make out of pick and roll. Um, and, and again, he's not like a, uh, you know, a tremendous bucket getter per se, but you know, he's a guy who has been able to score um, maybe not at, at all-star levels, but you know, he's kind of one of these fringe all-star type guys every year and if he was in a better situation you know maybe he would have been an all-star by now so um you know just talent wise i think obviously uh going from from hill and blood so two guys that you know i, I think losing hill hurts you know i, I really mm-hmm. was hoping the bucks could come out of this offseason not having to give up hill and you know some of the trades we we've discussed but um obviously you lose him and obviously you move on from eric blood and you get in in their place obviously a, I'd say a clear upgrade and Perhaps most significantly, a guy who actually I think makes you even more versatile defensively than you were previously. Now, again, he's not two guys. You know, Hill and, and Bledsoe were a tremendous one-two punch in the backcourt. Um, but obviously, Drew and and what he's able to do defensively. I mean, he can guard wings in ways that you really don't expect six-four guys to be able to do. So, um, you know, I think you just think about it from that starting lineup, closing lineup type perspective. Um, you know, this is a, a huge get. And obviously, questions now, what else might the Bucks do? Uh, Wes Matthews opting out and talk of Blakers being interested in him. 
Um, that's obviously part of the discussion here. Uh, Robin Lopez weirdly opting out. That surprised me, but I think he probably wanted to um, probably just be able to control his own destiny because we've been talking about him as a you know expiring contract being used in, in trade. So maybe him thinking, I really don't want to get traded to Sacramento, so I'll just I'll just I'll just go be him a free agent. But um, but obviously the, the 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 big flip side of this, which um, is tempering my excitement to a large extent. Um, is is this talk of of three first round picks and two swaps, and I don't know as we kind of do this live um, what uh, what the specific protections what what else might be going on, um, but uh, w- with those picks, but certainly um, that obviously presents a lot of long term risk. But obviously the Bucks went into this off season knowing, you know, there's, there's no time like the present with Giannis and trying to make the most of him. And I'd say, um, I think we've talked about it, you know, that the willingness to give up future picks, I think would be higher if you thought that doing so could get Giannis to sign an extension this off season mm-hmm. and the Bucks boldness in giving up future picks would potentially be a reflection of their confidence in him returning. So that obviously, um, Brian Windhorst referring to a lot of warmth, uh, around, uh, the potential of Giannis signing this offseason uh, in a podcast they did before this move. Um, so that's encouraging, kind of backing up, I think, what we've generally heard is a fair bit of optimism in the Bucks camp about Giannis signing. So anyway, I just blathered on a lot, a, a lot Kane. Um, I would say this is exciting. It's a little bit scary because of that draft compensation. Um, it's exciting if, you know, obviously, again, you would not think that this would hurt Giannis's long-term interest in coming back. But Obviously, Drew Holiday at 30 years old can opt out uh, and take a player's player option is uh, for the following year. So, um, you know, Bucks will have to uh, <laughs> Bucks have the risk of giving all this up for one year in the worst case scenario. So, there's a lot of risk here, especially long term. But again, you know, uh, we said it last summer when the Bucks opted to not keep Malcolm Brogdon, they violated the "fuck it, let's win a championship" rule one of uh, of where they are, and this. This seems like the, you know, F it, let's win a championship uh, move that maybe they, they weren't willing to make make uh, make last year. So um, it's a lot to take in, but um, it's it's a home run swing, that's for sure. It absolutely is. And I, I think that one of the things that we've been grappling with over the last couple of months is that some of the narrative that's been coming out of the box, and we had Alex Lazary on this podcast and even talking to John Horst earlier today, was that you don't want to overreact to what happened in the postseason and you don't want to go crazy based on what we've seen. But it's kind of like, well, you kind of had to if you want to try and show Giannis that, no, we're not just going to keep banging our head against the wall with the same guys year in, year out and lose the same way. So I think a lot of the pessimism from me regarding this team for 2021, because I'm not thinking about down the road yet. I'm thinking about 2021 and how you get Giannis to sign this extension. The pessimism for me was, I don't know what trade is out there that you can get that you can look at the team categorically and say, I think this team is better in 2021. I think this trade does that. A lot of the time I've spoke about Drew Holiday, I thought that you were going to have to include Brooke Lopez. Now, I probably didn't expect that they were going to go to the lengths of giving up three first rounds and two draft uh, swaps there, two two draft pick swaps. Um, But again, this maybe this is the Bucks just throwing everything in and saying, screw it, we need to do this to try and keep Giannis. But this also does, and it probably should, 
give some optimism that Giannis, this is a move that he would be happy with. And this is a move that if he's going to sign an extension, then obviously future first round picks and pick swaps aren't a big factor. Uh, You don't expect that they're going to be because you're going to be picking in the 20s every single year, probably the late 20s if Giannis is there regardless. So we'll wait and see what happens with Giannis and the extension. But I'm a little bit concerned about how much they've had to give away. And I do think it it has got potential to be a complete disaster if Giannis doesn't uh, sign the extension and then Drew Holiday walks in 12 months' time. But I probably feel better about Giannis signing an extension now than I did an hour ago. Uh, Mark Stein also tweeting something kind of that fact. The last two weeks have been filled with chatter that Giannis Adetokounmpo indeed plans to sign his five-year Supermax with the Bucks before the December 21st deadline to do so. The Bucks just made a trade that suggests they must believe it. So yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. everybody's everybody seems to be, um, you know, all the all the you know, Windhorst Stein, the, the kind of plugged-in national guys are suddenly like now tipping um, at the idea of, of Giannis being likely to sign, which, which again, Bucks have been... Out. But yeah, Bucks, Bucks people have been pretty optimistic. And I think the people we talk to, um, and again, I'm paranoid. I'm a Bucks fan. So I'm yeah. always, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to let myself get too, get too overconfident, but um, I've been encouraged by the level of confidence um, from people kind of in and around the organization. So, um, you know, and, and uh, again, sort of all, all indications are that this would be a move that obviously um, Giannis would look at as a, as a commitment to, going all in on what they want to do. Um, but, but again, flip side of that is, you know, where does this leave the Bucks in a couple of years, right? Holidays, 30 years old. Um, he, he's actually been, you know, he had, earlier in his career had, had a lot of injury problems, has actually been more durable over the last couple of years. Um, but, but certainly, you know, anytime you start, you know, taking multiple pieces and combining them to get one guy, all of a sudden your risk level, you know, goes up, right? If Holiday or Middleton or Giannis, right? If any of those guys suffer, you know, major injuries at this point, you know, you can pretty much kiss, <laughs> kiss the Bucks chances goodbye um, next season. But, you know, that's, that's just the reality, right? I think this is, um, you know, I'd say the closest we've seen the Bucks have, you know, the, the biggest three the Bucks have had, right? Uh, certainly in my lifetime, apologies to the, uh, the, the late nineties, early two thousands, original Bucks, big three to me at least. Um, but, but certainly with an MVP candidate, um, a two-time All-Star in Chris Middleton and, and Holiday, who is not ever has never been an All-Star. We'll see. Maybe he can add that to his resume in Milwaukee. But um, but uh, we'll see. Kind of if that if that's something that uh, that he can he can lock up here in Milwaukee too. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot to take in. And and you know, I'm been trying to kind of do the math here on kind of where this leaves the Bucks. It's it's actually slightly slight cost savings i think those two guys for for holiday now the flip side is you, you know anytime you combine two guys into one you're gonna have to add another guy so um net net you know makes the bucks a little bit more expensive but if i assume that the bucks first round pick this year the 2020 pick is part of this deal which i have to assume so mm. given we're talking about three picks going out um you know the, the next pick the bucks can convey is 2024 um most likely just due to kind of the alternating years since um they owe the 20 likely the 20 uh, i guess 22 pick um to cleveland um the uh the most likely this leaves them at around 120 million in committed salary um and that's to Giannis, drew chris dj wilson dante i'm assuming ursan Ilyasova is is going to get that um that 
non-guaranteed number picked up just for trade purposes, Brooke and Thanasis. Thanasis, long tenured buck here now at this point. So, <laughs> um, so that is, uh, let's see, eight guys. Um, is it eight guys? Yeah, I guess eight guys. So 120 million for eight guys, including Urson, uh, and you still have some room to make deals. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's, I think that's probably the, the obvious question we can dig in maybe later this week or I guess later this week, cause things may change again tomorrow, <laughs> but, um, you know, interesting question. I think, um, you know, they still have Dante. I mean, basically Dante DiVincenzo is your only trade asset left really <laughs> at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, so obvious question is, you know, is there another move the Bucks want to make beyond this one? Um, and, you know, obviously we've, we've talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich as a potential sign and trade candidate. Um, one, one kind of interesting note around this is, um, you know, leaving the bucks at 120 million, the hard cap, um, the, sorry, the, the apron, the, the apron is around 139 million versus a tax of 132.6. So again, if we, you know, I, I had been assuming maybe Bogdanovich and the sign and trade is the big move that would have hard capped the bucks. This move does not hard cap the bucks. So as of now, um, you know, they could in theory, uh, use the full mid-level exception, um, which would hard cap them. And, you know, they still have a fair bit of room there, right? They're at 120 million. So they're about 19 million under the hard cap number, um, which does give them a little bit of flexibility. So even if they were to make a move, for instance, for um, Bogdanovich, depending on who they sent out, you might still be able to fill out a roster (laughs) uh, under the hard cap, but just eyeballing, I think it'd be probably pretty, pretty tough if you took on another big contract like that. So in any case, I'm very curious to see kind of where this leaves the bucks and kind of what kind of what moves come next. Um, because they, they do obviously have, um, a fair bit of, uh, fair bit of moves they can make left, but you know, just think about it, right? Like if you're, if you're thinking about the bucks and are they going to go over the tax? I mean, tax number again is 132.6 million. They're about 120 million right now. They have eight guys. (laughs) So yeah. Even if you only go 14 guys, you had six. All right. You're going to spend an average of 2 million per guy for, you know, the rest of the other, the next six guys in your roster. That, that, that's what you'd need to do to stay under the tax. Or you could obviously waive Urson and then you'd have, um, you, you'd have a much easier chance of staying under the tax, even if you use the full mid-level exception. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say if they, if they don't uh, guarantee Urson um, as like a potential trade bait, then, uh, I think you, you're welcome to call them cheap uh, for trying to duck the tax that way. Um, but, but we'll see um, because, because obviously, yeah, um, it's the, the roster is very much in flux right now and they, they're going to have to add a lot of, a lot of pieces around the edges here um, in order to kind of fill out, fill out the roster and obviously limited flexibility to do so. Cause you know, again, if you use the full mid level of 9 million, then you're going to be hard capped at 139. If you use the, Taxpayer mid level a little under six million dollars. You won't be hard capped, but again, what what does that really benefit you? Because in practice, who can you go over the cap to resign at this point? Well, Pat Connaughton. You can offer Pat Connaughton up until about nine or ten million a year. I don't think you're. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to want to give Pat Connaughton nine or ten million dollars a year. He's probably you know in the more like two two to three million max range. Um, Wes again, Wes, you don't have full bird rights on. You could offer him. 3.1 million without using a part of your mid-level or biannual exception. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, this certainly, um, this certainly clarifies a lot of things. And I think probably the most important thing is that 
it closes the book on sort of what, you know, how do you move on from Eric Bledsoe, which again, unfortunately, um, I wish Eric Bledsoe did not put the Bucks in the position where they felt like they had to move on from him. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, three straight seasons, just not, not getting it done in the playoffs. And obviously the Bucks made, made their big move to upgrade at that spot, both for their, both for the regular season and for the playoffs. And, um, you know, I think we were all a little nervous, right? Like, are you going to have to downgrade, but get a guy who you just hope can hit threes in the postseason, even if he's fundamentally a, a lesser player than, than Bledsoe. And obviously that's, that's not what happened, right? Getting a guy at holiday is, is a very different type of situation. So just as, and we're going here as, as this news uh, continues to roll out. So David Aldridge has just tweeted that, uh, and to no surprise of anyone, by the way, uh, the pick 24 in Wednesday's draft obviously included there. And I, I think it is important to note, and, and you sort of pointed to it, even with the future picks, the details on protection and, and those types of things will come out and that will really clear up the picture uh, from a broader perspective. But I think it is interesting now to look at the Bucks roster because you've really, uh, and this is obviously why I love podcasting with you because you can outline all the financial aspects of, of what this means. But if you are making a trade for Drew Holiday, uh, we spoke about how do you upgrade the guard position and keep the defensive presence that you have. So that's what Drew Holiday brings and he's a more versatile offensive player. It's an upgrade in that regard, no doubt, as well. You do trade away George Hill, as you mentioned, so there is going to be a backup point guard position, and it's interesting. We've spoke about the guys that are out there that the Bucks could potentially pick, pick up on cheap deals, and I know DJ Augustine is one that gets brought up very regularly uh, on this podcast, and uh, Jeff Teague, obviously, is an LFR agent. There's lots of veteran options out there, but there's no doubt, depending on what they want to do and depending on how they are going to navigate that cap situation, probably the biggest way the Bucks can upgrade the roster now even further is acquiring someone with that mid-level that is could could move the needle a little bit. I know we spoke a little bit about Gallinari. I tend to think that he might get a little bit more money or head elsewhere. But to me, this does feel like it it's moved the chains a little bit for the Bucks because I was starting to look at the roster and think, I don't know why, if you're a veteran player, you would come to Milwaukee if they don't make a significant trade because it does feel like some other teams are starting to pass them and teams that would want veteran players, whether it is the Lakers, certainly the Nets are shaping up as one of those teams depending on, on what they do. So I think this is a move that brings the Bucks back to that contending pack where people will look at them and veterans will say, yeah, this is a team I can see contending in the East and getting to the NBA Finals, which I think is is very important for the Bucks as well. Because as you said, it, it's fringe moves here now. They haven't got a lot of room to move. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, you know, like Corver, Matthews, Marvin Williams, right? I mean, Corver had the Bud connection. Wes Matthews had the Wisconsin connection. Marvin Williams, I don't know that there was really any specific connection <laughs> other than obviously the Bucks having the best record in the league. And him getting a role. So I think, you know, I think for a lot of these veterans, the the number one thing is, are you a contender and can you give me a role where I can actually play? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I mean, ironically, I think the Bucks are still going to be able to offer that uh, for in an, at a number of spots, just because they obviously are far from having a full roster. So um, yeah. So I think it's going to be an interesting question. I, you know, it was that connection to Avery Bradley earlier tonight, which I don't, I don't really, uh, I think Avery Bradley's not really a guy that I would, I would target, especially adding Holiday. Now I don't, um, I, I don't know. I, Avery Bradley, I think you know, is one of those guys that um, is still pretty overrated from sort of his Boston days. But um, you know, 
again, I think an ideal world, if you can bring back Wes on his non-bird exception, that would be kind of my preference. Um, but uh, again, yeah. there's just so many kind of different moving pieces. And obviously the Bucks have a lot of, a lot of holes to fill right now in their roster um, between, you know, you just lost Wes, you just lost George Hill, right? I'm going to assume Bledsoe, obviously you're, you're swapping in Drew for, but um, backup point guard, um, you know, who's your kind of wing stopper guy? Because I, I think, again, if, if you don't have a Wes Matthews type guy back, if you bring like more of an offensive type shooter guy in place of Wes, um, you know, I think, I think I would bet on Chris Middleton regressing offensively just because I think Chris not having to guard kind of the best wings really helped him last year. So I would, you know, really try to prioritize seeing if you can get West back on, on some sort of reasonable uh, number. Um, and then obviously, you know, you look in the front court. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily need a, 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 a Robin Lopez replacement. Um, you need, I think some kind of token big guy, but hopefully I think we'll see more smaller. I think the bucks need to start thinking smaller and more mm -hmm. versatile up front, but um, certainly something in that kind of combo forward or, or kind of small, you know, power forward who can maybe play small center minutes to that, that role, right. The Marvin role, I think, you know, they need to fill that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think again, this could change again if, uh, if they end up making one more trade, I think they have one more trade kind of in them, let's say. Um, but I think especially the Bogdanovich one was sort of the obvious move that they could make um, in free agency. So what would you um, and I think, and that, that to me, that's the question, right? Is, is, do you prioritize Bogdanovich at this point, given, you know, you just picked up your holiday and, it, and again, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I would be happy to have both of those guys. <laughs> Cause again, like I think, uh, you know, you're going to need somebody beyond, uh, just Drew Holiday playing guard minutes. Uh, and right now the Bucks, you know, have, have Dante and, and Drew basically. Um, so you're going to need somebody to kind of really fill in minutes. And I think Bogdanovich would be an interesting piece there. Um, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see what, what, uh, what maybe kind of what kind of options they have. And, um, obviously, you know, if you, if you make a move that involves giving up Dante, um, then, then you really have no young players left. I mean, you literally have, you know, Giannis is I, at that point, I think your youngest player <laughs> at, tw at almost 26. So, um, you know, we're, we're a long ways from, um, you know, uh, any, any sort of, uh, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, um, you know, future oriented view of the world, right? It is, it is here and now, um, 100%. And the next, you know, year or two is, is really all about maximizing that window, which, you know, again, I wish you could, I, I it would be nice if the Bucks had hit on more of their previous draft picks so they could kind of have a little more flexibility to be thinking short-term and long-term, but the reality is, or keeping Malcolm Brogdon, that whole, you know, we can relitigate that again, obviously, given his age, but, um, you know, certainly right now, it's all about giving themselves the best chance to win next season and maybe the year after, uh, and then see what happens after that. Because certainly Drew Holiday is, is not going to be improving at that point. Yeah, so scrapped the draft. In fact, scrapped every draft for the next decade, uh, potentially, depending on what happens. Uh, yeah, John Horse, can, John Horse can, <laughs> can save some money and get rid of his scouting department because they're not really going to ever make picks again. So I guess, you know, hey, I... I guess the upside of this is uh, it's scary as hell. I mean, basically I can just retire as a fan if, if, you know, if, and when Giannis leaves, it's pretty much like, all right, this, this franchise is done. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll have to hope that, uh, that, that let's just say the next couple of years are, are memorable and, and hopefully beyond that too with, with Giannis. 
Yeah, I mean, it's all about now, right now. And last summer and prior to the off-season, we know they extended Bledsoe and gave multiple-year deals to George Hill. Those contracts are going to be off the books. And and Drew Holiday, as we spoke about, uh, one year and then a player option for the following season for 2022. So there's no doubt it is all about right now. And again, we've said this right from the start. If they make a trade like this and Giannis signs an extension in Milwaukee, do you think anyone listening to this podcast that is a Bucks fan, by the way, is going to give a single shit about those future draft picks? No, they're not because you'll figure it out. You'll be able to figure it out. You'll have cap space. There'll be ways you'll be able to uh, hopefully keep the team contending as long as Giannis is in Milwaukee. Uh, that's why this move has been done. I do. I am a little bit cautious about the draft picks and what it's going to mean moving forward. But at the same time, I said it at the top, I feel better about Giannis signing an extension in Milwaukee now than I did an hour and a half ago uh, before this trade was made. This was the type of splash the Bucks had to make. Giannis has been on the record to say, I want to see them make moves that will make us a better team. This does that. You have Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez on the roster. And as you said, uh, there's still going to be moves to come. Yeah, and I think one thing which we haven't touched on, um, but I distinctly remember, you know, the Bucks Bucks considered picking Drew Holiday in the 2009 draft. They ended up picking Brandon Jennings, obviously. Um, but one thing I always remember is, is John Hammond a few years later saying that that Drew Holiday was like the most impressive guy. I think that he had interviewed, uh, like you know, pre-draft guy that he'd ever interviewed. And you know, I think certainly his reputation. Uh, over the past, you know, 11 years has been consistent with that. You know, he's a guy that is as respected as they come when you talk about teammates. And so I think that's another piece of this. We know the Bucks talk a lot about their culture. And I think losing a guy like George Hill, you know, things that he's done for this community. I mean, he was, you know, a few weeks ago, walking the streets of Milwaukee to try and encourage people to vote, right? Um, he's a guy that obviously I think has has really taken to to Milwaukee um, I'm going to miss him as a person, you know, I think Bledsoe, you know, for all his struggles in the postseason, I think was a guy that people liked. He had a really good relationship with Chris Middleton. They were very close friends. Um, you know, you lost a couple of guys that I think people in the locker room really liked and rooted for. Um, and so, uh, you know, normally you would say, man, you, you hope that whoever you bring in is at least close sure. to that. Right. And holidays is one of the few guys who you can look at and just say, you know, this guy's He's, he's the real deal, right? I mean, from, from just a locker room leadership perspective, um, he's a guy that, that uh, you know, nobody has anything but, but brave things to say about. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think that's something I don't want to, I don't want to lose sight of either because certainly just his quality as a person uh, kind of goes without saying. And um, I'm not a soccer fan and he's married to a uh, uh, former U.S. Women's National Team star, Lauren Holiday. So, um, you know, shout out to, to a little more soccer a little more soccer connection coming into uh, <laughs> into the Milwaukee Bucks too. It's interesting you bring up the 2009 draft because during that draft class, uh, DeMar DeRozan actually went a pick prior to Brandon Jennings as well. And he has been another player that the Bucks have been kind of linked to. So it's been this kind of weird 12 months for the Bucks. Remember, obviously, they signed Marvin Williams, who went behind Andrew Bogut. And Chris Paul has been a guy that's been linked to the Bucks, and he was in that Bogut draft. So they've just shuffled back a couple of drafts here. But uh, I, I do want to get to Bledsoe and Hill as well before we wrap this up. But what about this little connection here? Justin Holiday, a free agent uh, this offseason, shot over yeah. 40% from three. 
Uh, over 40% from three this year with Indiana. The Bucks need a guard. He is a guy that can come in and play, play with Drew. This could be a potential yeah. connection here. And we lost, uh, we lo- seemingly lost a Lopez brother, right? Yeah. So we only yeah. have one, we only have one set of brothers on the team right now. So um, I, I agree. Actually, I was listening to the, the dunk on guys do their mock off season and, and uh, Justin holiday. I think somebody, I think somebody ended up they, they, in the mock off season, they gave him like one year, $7 million deal. So he might be a little too rich for, uh, for the yeah. bucks. Uh, blood. Brotherly discount um, though. You never know. Yeah. Well, again, who knows, right? Maybe if, uh, if you get him on that, that, uh, that holiday brother discount um we'll we'll see maybe maybe you can make something happen but but yeah he's actually a quality player he was playing with his younger brother aaron mm. <laughs> in indiana uh so maybe uh he wants to uh go up north a little bit and uh play with his his big brother in, in milwaukee who knows that wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst outcome but um yeah my head's still spinning a little bit um i'm i'm still trying to kind of get my bearings on this because this was uh this is a this is a big trade. This is a very big trade, and um, you know uh, the downside for the Bucks is everything now at this point is measured. Did it win you a championship or not? So the bar on the success of this trade is extremely high. Um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's the standard you want to be held to, right? You don't want to be held to the standard of uh, you know did did we get did we get a a, a better draft pick, right? Um, and and again, I. Bucks have made some some questionable moves over the years, and you know we can argue obviously about some of the circumstances that got us to this point. But um, certainly, I think when you wake up tomorrow morning, Bucks are going to be a, a more talented sort of certainly from a star perspective than than they were today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is a, a day or a moment. I think most Bucks fans will look back in a couple of years and remember where they were when they got the notification because it does have that type of feel to it. This trade and this whole off season does. And I, I said it at the top, but I, I didn't expect the bombshell to come so quickly here on the first day that trades were able to uh, really be announced. So I'm shocked that it's happened, but uh, I, I also am excited and, and we'll figure out the rest as it goes. But this is, the Bucks are better, as you said, than they were a couple of hours ago. And that's the most important thing with everything uh, here. Just uh, a final note, you touched on it, but Eric Bledsoe and George Hill again, uh, I know, yeah, particularly Bledsoe, and I've said this, I, I felt a little bit bad that we've spoke about him in just about every single pod as a guy that could be thrown in a trade because the reality is two-time All-NBA defensive player in Milwaukee. He's had some absolutely unbelievable moments. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out in the postseason, and it was it was three years in a row, and, and unfortunately, you couldn't go back to the well with him again, but you pointed to how much he was loved in the locker room, and and really just a great person to be around the team. And George Hill, the same, really thrived uh, and played some of the best basketball he's played in multiple years uh, since coming to Milwaukee as well. So uh, it's always the case with this team. We said it. Such a likable group of guys that won a hell of a lot of basketball games from Milwaukee. And we all had a hell of a lot of fun watching them play. So uh, while we are excited uh, for Drew Holiday, no doubt, uh, it does kind of suck that it wasn't able to work out the way that we hoped it did with, with Bledsoe and Hill. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, as we said, right, nothing would have made me happier than than Eric Bledsoe kind of, you know, vindicating himself this this fall and kind of putting, you know, burying those last two uh, playoff series where we're obviously against the Celtics and the Raptors where, where obviously he didn't play as well as, as any of us would have wanted him to. But um, it is what it is, right? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that Bledsoe would have been, you know, bad 
for sure next year as well. But at this point, obviously, um, you know, you, you just, you, you have a hard time kind of banking on him. Um, and, and with the margin so thin, um, and with the pressure so high to win and, and take the most advantage of Giannis's prime, obviously it, it was something that I think, you know, most of us as Bucks fans, I think felt like time had come, you know, and, and it's, and it's too bad because obviously I think his value obviously, um, had taken a clearly a hit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, in, in New Orleans, um, you know, he gets to go to a team that is not facing immediate pressure to, to win playoff series. And I think he can absolutely be part of, you know, that organization getting to the playoffs and, and really improving and kind of, you know, getting better and being a, a really good regular season team and, a, and obviously a, a Western conference that's going to make it, make it really hard. So, um, yeah, you just wish good luck to those guys and, you know, New Orleans is a great city. So, so hopefully they, they can at least enjoy that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's sad. This is a special, special group. I think Bucks have had these past couple of years in particular. And, you know, I think everything that we went through with them as fans, we, we obviously would have loved to, to see it all pay off with, with a championship, but, um, you know, onward and upward. And hopefully uh, this puts the Bucks on a better trajectory than they would have been. Uh, one final note to leave this podcast because it is all happening right now. Uh, Kevin O'Connor has just tweeted that the Bucks are going to pursue a sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, he says that the Hawks are going to be involved there, but the Bucks are going to sell him on competing for a championship with Giannis. So we've already discussed that. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise that, that that's still going to be on the table. Obviously, Bogdanovich is a restricted free agent, so we're going to have to hold our horses uh, <laughs> a little bit on this one. You can you can sleep for a couple of nights at least here, but uh, it's it's going to be... Yeah, the only, the only thing I would add there, I think um, just looking at the Cavs, looking at the cap numbers today. So I think Bogdanovich... You can probably peg him. He's probably like a four-year, seventy million type guy, which would mean you'd have to be around sixteen point three million um, starting salary to get him to something around seventy million total. If that, that's like a ballpark number, um, at that number you could do Urson uh, and DJ Wilson um, by themselves for for Bogdan. So I'd been doing that, thinking, oh, maybe you attach picks to it rather than Dante. There are no more picks to attach to it, <laughs> so clearly that's not what would happen. So if Bogdan Bogdanovich is indeed the next move, then um, I would say it, it pretty much would have to be, and again, famous last words, but I would imagine it would pretty much have to be for salary matching, probably something like Ursan Dante and, and DJ Wilson. So, um, you know, that, that puts you at, again, even fewer guys. Uh, you know, you're, you're, then you're down to six guys if you're bringing back Bogdanovich. So you literally have, you know, 40% of an NBA roster and you'd be down to, you know, essentially Holiday and Bogdanovich, which actually is a really interesting, uh, if you started those guys together, it would actually be a very interesting backcourt combination, given that one of them is a great defender. They're similarly sized. Um, they both, neither of them is a pure point guard in the NBA, but can both can do that. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, Chris, Giannis, Brooke. Um, so that would be a pretty fun combination. I think, again, I would say you're probably better off if, if you could bring back West Matthews, start West, and for instance, break Bogdanovich off the bench as you know, kind of a mm-hmm. 25 minute per game type guy. But um, but yeah, that would be uh, it's still certainly doable. But I think in that scenario again, then you're in the literally Giannis becomes your youngest player scenario, and because <laughs> I don't, there's no way you're getting those guys without stripping Dante out, um, given you've got no other no other picks to, to really play with. So 2020, <laughs> 2021. Live, live for the present, I guess. 
I've been feeling pretty flat about the 2021 bucks. So let's just say I needed this injection of energy. I'm back in. I'm all back in. And, and by the way, uh, my Australian football team traded for a, a, a superstar a couple of days ago in their trade period. And they also gave three first round picks to trade for him, which uh, people have been highly criticizing. So uh, that's what I do. I only cover teams and follow teams that are willing to give up three first round picks to go all in for the title in 2021. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, what did, what did, uh, well, we should, we should put out as three first round picks. I think, uh, uh, our, uh, our friend Riley at Buckstot on Twitter tweeted, <laughs> uh, so, so basically it, it drew the equivalence between three first round picks. Oh, so what? Toothon makers and a Rashad Vaughn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I let's be honest. It's a good point. It's the, the Bucks don't draft anyone anyway. So why would we care? Like, why would you care about uh, that? Oh man, see, this is just, this is just the thing though, right? I, I, we always talk about it. Enjoy the regular season. Enjoy the greatness of Giannis. Don't take this stuff for granted. Don't just look forward to the playoffs with the way this team, this team is evolving and the way this, this lineup and this, this roster is evolving and the age of this, this roster really enjoy every game that you get to see this team play. Because again, we don't know how long the window is going to be open, but um, bucks are going to try to, you know, open it as wide as possible, no matter, uh, no matter how long maybe that, that window will be. All right, this is, I, I'm going to stop this because I'll just keep going. This is the first, we, we've, you know, we're, we've pushed the, the term emergency podcast a few times since I've been on board here, but this is the, the first true emergency podcast we've had to do. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you <laughs> stepping away from work. I, I know you've been flat out, but this was uh, something we just, we, we had to do this. Yeah, if you don't do it now, then we're just we're just not going to do it. I, I I'm no longer the longtime voice of the podcast if I skip the night that the Bucks signed or trade for Drew Holiday, right? Yeah, that's true. No, I can stick with the same intro, which is good because uh, I've become very accustomed to that. But uh, we'll see. Like I said, uh, Bogdanovich in the news now, and as Frank has outlined and we've discussed, the Bucks are far from done in terms of filling out their roster. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be interesting, and I, I have no doubt there's going to be some. Some new faces, some strange faces on the Bucks next season. But Drew Holiday is going to be a Milwaukee Buck, and that's something to get excited about. Frank, uh, appreciate your time. Good night, man. Talk to you this week. All right, that's two pods down today. Uh, I know that this is the one that's going to take everyone's attention, but if, if you haven't got enough, feel free to go back to the podcast before. I feel really bad for Mitchell Maurer. He, he jumped on the pod and we got done and he said, all right, I got to go to sleep, but I'm a little bit uh, scared to go to sleep in case something happens. So uh, he's either going to wake up to this news or he is going to be up all night. So we'll wait to see what happens there. But we appreciate you listening. Remember, you can let us know your thoughts about this trade at LockedOnBucks or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, Other than that, uh, we will be back tomorrow and I have no doubt there's going to be more news dropping as well. Stay safe. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.